Thank you for making this precious investment into your life. We believe the Word of God will transform you and usher you into new levels of God's goodness today. Be blessed as you hear this message. Enter message on the blood. Have you ever seen a child, thank you, have you ever seen a child run away from the shadow? There were some videos I saw online. They were so funny. Children saw the shadows, and they panicked. And they ran, <laughs> trying to escape the shadow. And it's impossible to escape, isn't it? Possible. The Bible says that the law, having a shadow of the things to come. Is it possible to grab a shadow? Church, is it possible to take hold of a shadow? But the shadow precedes the substance, true? Without substance, there's no shadow, true or false. But it's impossible to truly grab hold of a shadow. So the Bible's giving us a shadow of truth. It's very hard to value anything when you don't know where you're coming from, true? Without, without having an appreciation for history, having an appreciation for the past, it's very hard to appreciate where you are today. Does that make sense? Oh, as parents, we probably say it to our children, if you knew what I had to do or what, what it took for me to get here, you would appreciate this money I'm giving you, true? Can I get an amen? amen. See, that, that, that conversation hasn't come to me yet, but... Yesterday, our son, um, he just, a clean, fresh diaper, he just tore it. No appreciation <laughs> for these things. Just tore it. It could have been used. could have been used because diapers can get up there. So he doesn't know <laughs> where it's coming from doesn't know where it's coming from. So we don't understand what it took to get here. The benefits associated with what we just did, the communion, the valuable lessons of it. The blood can be misappropriated, misunderstood, undervalued, not appreciated. So this morning, in fact, for the rest of my life, I'm on an endeavor to know the ways of God. That's my prayer for you this morning. That you will not just be a churchgoer, a pew warmer, but you will know God for yourself. And you will know his ways. Now, I must make this clear. Sometimes in the body of Christ, we're quick to say, oh, I'm a New Testament believer. Oh, I'm in the new, I'm in the new, I'm in the new. But there's a reason why the old is there. Are you with me, church? There's a reason why. You must understand where we're coming from and what it means. Now, even as we mentioned quickly, the priests had an important role. They were to offer the sacrifices on behalf of the people to cover the sins with the blood. But not only that, the priest also was used to diagnose and inform those who had leprosy. They, had to, they were the ones to examine 
those that had leprosy because even the lepers had to go before the priest as well. Now, leprosy was a very serious disease. It was a contagious disease. It affects the skin. They have discoloration, lumps, even deformities, pain. And the worst part about it is the social stigma attached to being leprous. Read it in the Bible all the time. Did you notice in Scripture, every time Jesus healed a leper, what did he say to him? Go show yourself to the priest, offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you. Every time. Jesus standing in the New Testament, he always told them to go before the priest. Now, just for reference sake, we don't need to turn there, but in Leviticus 13, it shows us that if you had leprosy, you had to wear torn clothes, you had to hang your head low, hang your hair low as well. You had to literally declare yourself unclean. So you say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. You had to declare yourself unclean for all to know. And you had to live in isolation. Those that had leprosy had their own quarters. You know that. They could not mingle with society. In fact, the disease was so revolting that there was a certain proximity that they had to stay away from the public. Some scholars say it could have been up to 150 feet. And some scholars also say that if it was a windy day, if, if the wind was blowing, they had to increase the proximity. Can you imagine? Windy day, they couldn't come near anybody. Now, why are we talking about this? The role of the priest. Now, what the priest used to do, when Jesus encountered a leper and he healed him, he said what? Go show yourself to the priest. Give the gift that Moses commanded. Now look at Leviticus 14, 14. The priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Last um, opportunity that was given to me to minister here, I don't know if you remember Remember, we had some, some weather issues, so not, the house was not exactly full. But I did tell you a story. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for what? Adversity. I told you a story about when I met this young lady, and we went across the border to the U.S., and... Uh, I had no car at the time, and my elder brother and I were not on talking terms. And he knew he would need me one day. But in pride, I said, I will not talk to him. But he had this shiny red car that I needed for this date. Very, very important. How do you go across? No car. So, you know, it's a date, so you want to put your best foot forward. And so, of course, I didn't tell him, but I took the car. I told my mom for covering sick. And she knew that we had issues. So she said, whatever you do, make sure that when you take this car, you bring it back the way you saw it. And of course, just like a mother would do, don't tell him. Cool. So we had our own little thing. I took the car. I enjoyed the car. It was wonderful. It complemented this wonderful 
woman that I was pursuing, and that woman was my wife, by the way, so don't think anything, okay? It was my wife, praise the Lord. It was godly, godly, godly connections, hallelujah. So we went to across the border, and we ended up following the voice of the GPS navigation in the ghetto, in the hood projects, in a McDonald's. And for some weird reason, everybody knew we were not from there. They just knew it. So to cut a long story short, after finishing eating, we planned on just gently going back home. And when we got into the car, the car began to move differently. That car was breakdancing. It was jumping and, what? What am I going to do? I'm in the middle of somewhere. So even as I got out of the car to examine it, I realized that somebody had uncorked the oil underneath the car. Not sure if it was some type of practical joke or more like an escapade. I just don't know. And I just remember it was serious. I put up the phone. I called my mom. I was the first person. The girl looked at me. You called your mom? I said, my friend, if I come back with this car in pieces, who's going to be my advocate? <laughs> and God being so good, I don't know how, but we ended up in a mechanic garage in the nick of time. And the mechanic said to me that if this car was running for another second, the engine would have blew up. And just in the, in the nick of time, we got it. Now, God gave me a lesson that I want to share with you. God gave me a lesson. Now, when we got into that garage, the man said that this car would have blown up. Now, the engine was intact. Spark plugs intact. Valves intact. Pistons intact. Everything needed to run this car was intact. But when the car started moving funny, the first place my eyes went to was the gas tank. Are you following me? The first place I examined was the fuel. That was the first place. The first place. And the Lord said to me, he said this to me afterward. He said, the chemical substance, which is the life of the car, is the oil and not the gas. Are you following me? Just like the believer or just like a human being. You know you can have all your organs intact, but the moment your blood is, is disorderly, are you following me? The chemical substance that keeps your heart beating, that, that keeps your lungs going, it's your blood. Are you following me? Likewise, the Lord said to me, even for the believer, the chemical substance of our faith is not oil, not anointing. Are you following me, church? The chemical substance of our faith that keeps us alive is the blood of Jesus. See, but in the church, we found a way to, to, to focus a lot on the, the anointing, the prophetic. We often say, this guy is healthy because he has a gift, because he has an anointing. Are you following me, church? But, but God is reminding us that we have to go back to the basics. See, the basics is not in the authority through the anointing, but the basics is in the blood of Jesus. Are you following me? See, that is what gives you life. Church, that is what gives you life. Not, not the anointing. So follow this. When God said this to me, I said, Lord, prove it to me in your word. You know, sometimes God will speak, but you have to make sure that it lines up with scripture. Are you following me? 
Don't want to just say things that, that make you sound good. So this leper, now if you go to verse 15, after the leper applies blood, after the priest rather applies blood to the leper's ear, to his, to his hand, to his foot, Leviticus 14.15 says, and the priest shall now take a log of what? Oil. Are you here, church? And he will pour it into his palm. And he will, go back, go back, please. He'll pour it into his, his palm and on his left hand. Keep going, thank you. Then the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil and put it in his left hand and sprinkle some of oil of the oil in his finger seven times before the Lord. Obviously representing, of course, Christ Jesus, shedding his blood seven times. Keep going in verse 18. Then, then the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put it on his head for him to be cleansed. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. Isn't it amazing? He puts the oil on his head. This leper was once the enemy of society. That's what the Bible says, that he anoints me in the presence of what? My enemies. Total redemption for this leper. But the Lord was telling me that first thing first is the blood. See, the anointing is precedes the blood. Are you following me? The blood must be priority. First, the, the, the priest puts blood on the leper. Then the oil follows. Then the oil follows. And of course, just to reemphasize, it's like an abbreviated code to, to, to cover the entire body. Remember, these ones are socially ostracized. They're, they're rejected. They're, they're, they're filled with fear. So the reason why he, he, he now blesses his ear is to protect his hearing. And his mind. You, can you imagine the things that would be said to you? Rejection. You're no good. Stay in the corner. He also now blesses his hand so he can work. He can work. Remember, he can't feed himself. He can work. And then he also blesses his foot as a, as a sign of pilgrimage. Now he can roam without restriction. Isn't God a redeeming God? So, so, so what I'm trying to tell you is that you notice that the, the priest purposely First, applies blood, then oil. Just never forget this message. The blood must be priority. The blood of Jesus must be priority in your life. The anointing, let it follow after. This is what the priest did. And the reason why I'm going to the old is because the Old Testament shows us the ways of God. So even as the priest did this, I believe that this is what God is speaking to us today. In the church. Now, let us keep moving by the grace of God. Now, this is an end time message for the church. And the most important feature in the church is where I'm standing. Is it not the altar? Hello? Is this not the most important feature of the church? The altar. We come here, we pray, we kneel, we believe. It's a sacred place, the altar. Most important place. Now, what is an altar? I have a question for you. What is an altar without blood? I repeat myself. 
What is an altar without blood? So in other words, what is this feature for? What is a church without blood? I repeat myself. What is an altar without what? So what is a church without what? The blood. All through scripture, the Lord is showing us. The moment Noah gets out of the ark, he builds an altar. Sweet aroma. And the altar was a sign, thank you, Lord, for saving the world and my family. Are you listening to me? And my family. No, church, 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 we often talk about the issues of home, family. But have you ever applied the blood? First question. The moment Abraham gets a promise, God gives him a promise. What does he do? Circumcision, right? Circumcision is what? Blood. And, and listen to me. That circumcision that was done was for his destiny. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Have you ever applied the blood to your destiny? Can you talk to me? Have you applied the blood to your destiny? Especially when God gives you a promise. Have you applied the blood to your destiny? Moses, the first thing he does. Remember, Moses had to be on the mountain in Mount Sinai, away from the people, away from the children of Israel. That's where he got the commandments of God. This is where he got the, 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 the Ten Commandments. He got the law of God. And, and remember in Exodus 24, you can look at it later just for reference sake. God does something different. He tells him to go down and take blood from the bulls and sprinkle it on the people. And he takes millions of people. He takes the blood and he begins to just sprinkle on the people. And he also throws the blood on the books, on the law. And the people say, we'll oblige the things of God. And you notice something that's different all the time. Moses had to go on top of the mountain to get word from God and bring it back to the people. But God says, and now that you have sprinkled the blood, I can now dwell amongst his people. Are you following me? You see, even in the church, you must understand that the pastor is not that great or that eloquent. The worship was just not that good or he doesn't play that well. The only way God is able to dwell in his church among his people is because of the what? Blood. Are we here, church? None of us are good. Jesus says, who is good? None of us are good. You see, sometimes we confuse the presence, the anointing, all those things are good. But if we really want Jesus' transformation, the only way God can dwell amongst his people is what? Blood. Worship is anointed. Preacher can preach, all that good stuff. We thank God for it. But God only comes down because of the blood, because of what Jesus did. He makes it possible for us to now communicate and connect with him. Isaiah 54, 15 says something. It says, and I know the context of what this scripture is alluding to, but it still ministers to me. He says, indeed, they shall assemble, but not because of me, my God. I say, Lord, never let our assembly be filled with flesh, be filled with man's motive. Let our assembly be an exact, the exact reason of our assembly should be because of you, because of what you've done, amen? Because of Jesus Christ. This is what our assembly should be about, because of his redeeming grace, because of his redeeming grace, because of his blood. That makes it possible 
for us to connect with him. Let's go to Job. Before we go there, Ecclesiastes 1.9. Now, the reason why we're spending a little bit of time in the, in the old before we land it is the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1.9, that which has been is what will be. Let's read it together. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing. Let's read it one time. That which has been is what will be. That which is done. There is nothing new under the sun. See, God is revealing to us the importance of the blood. The importance of it. See, the tendency is to stray away because of all the things that we see in the old. But the blood is equally important. The only difference is it's not coming from a ram or a goat anymore. But it's in our Savior. That's the difference. Job 29.1. I want to read this and take my time now. So after Job had gone through his pain, his wilderness, he's still in that season. And he begins to reminisce about his glory days. And he says this. Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. Just as I was in the days of my, what, prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me when my children were around me. When my steps were bathed with cream and the rock poured out rivers of what? For me. He was anointed. When I went out to the gate by the city, when I took my seat in the open square, the young men saw me and did what? They hid. And the aged arose and stood. Look at the honor this man had. The princes refrained from talking and put their hand on their mouth. Verse 10. The voices of nobles was hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouth. It's 11. And the ear heard and it blessed me. And when the eyes saw, then it approved me. Because I delivered, now look at his ministry. I delivered the poor who cried out, the fatherless, and the one who had no helper. What a ministry. The blessing of a perishing man came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for what? For joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was, I was, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. What a ministry. I was a father to the poor. And I searched out the case that I did not know. Look at, look at this man's ministry. Look at his life. Power. He was anointed. He said that. It was as if rocks were pouring oil. He had a ministry. He had influence. He had power. He, he had righteousness. What a life. What a package. What a package. Now, let's, let's, let's get down to our level now. Let's make this very, very practical. Look at Job 1 now, verse 9. Before we go there, Ecclesiastes 10, 8. Give me the King James Version. 
Ecclesiastes 10, a King's James Version. Let's read it together. He that diggeth a pit shall fall, and whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall. Read the second part again. And whoso breaketh, I don't hear you, church. And whoso a certain by him. Okay, Job 1, 9. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does God fear, does Job fear God for nothing? It's 10. But you have made a what? Ah, what? I don't hear what? A hedge around him. If you go to Job 1, 4, you understand where the hedge comes from. And his sons would go and feast in the houses, each on the appointed day, and would send and invite their, their three sisters and they eat and drink with them. Verse 5. So it was the day of feasting. And when he had run his course, Job would send and sanctify them. He would rise early in the morning and do what? Give burnt offerings according to the number of them all. See, Job was offering blood that created a hedge. Are you following me? It was the sacrifices he did created a hedge. The serpent was looking to attack him. But because of the blood, there was a hedge around him. Are you following me? Now, let's go to verse 9 now, quickly. Hurry up. Thank the Lord. So Satan answered and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10. You made a hedge around him. See, God doesn't just make a hedge. The blood comes a result. Church, are you hearing me? The blood makes the hedge. And look at the, the five areas. You made a hedge around, number one, him. Two, his household. Every side of him. You blessed the work of his hands, his endeavors, and his possessions have increased his influence. This past week, church, this message is coming from a place that I must say I'm extremely, extremely upset of the things that are happening. In the world, I'm upset. I'm upset. Satan was eyeing this guy the whole time, looking for him, his household, his possessions, his endeavors, his influence, his reputation. And I just want to remind the church here this morning, I want to remind you, church, that one of our greatest weapons is the blood. This is, what I'm, this is what we're preaching about this morning. It's not the popular messages, but I want to remind you that one of our greatest weapons is the blood. It's the blood. You see, let's face it. The moment you get saved, your spirit becomes alive, but your soul still needs saving. Are you hearing me? For the rest of your life, you are fighting to save your soul. Your mind will and emotion. Are you following me? There's an internal conflict happening the moment you get born again. And now around us, there's an external conflict also going on in our world. Are you following me? And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And because of sin that's happening in the world, there's death all around us. All around us is death. And the reason why I'm preaching this message today is because I want you to know something. You know, we cannot escape. Are you following me, church? No matter how we change this thing to be, we can't escape the fact that we're in a real war. See, the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers what? Violence. But the violence take it by force. Oh, I love the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm born in Canada, and yes, I'm a little bit younger, but I'm here to talk about spiritual things. 
I'm here to talk about what we need and not what, not what we want. Are you following me? We need the truth and the truth shall set us free. The moment of, 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 of the fact, that this is the fact right now, there's a, there's a devil that's lurking, that's watching, that wants to attack you. And you must understand that the only way to protect yourself is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, the devil wanted to attack Job so bad, but he said to God, you have built a hedge around him. See, Job understood the power of the blood. So my question is to you, have you applied the blood to your life? to your children, to your endeavors, to your business. Have you applied it? No, no, no. I do, and I, I, this message comes easy for me because this service, you, it's a little bit easier. But when I'm talking to the second service, when I talk about spiritual things, I talk about the blood that you cannot see but you apply by faith, it goes over the head. This is not what's being preached anymore. Church, can we talk about it? We don't, we don't want to preach about this stuff anymore. We just don't want to talk about it. The reason why I said I'm, I was upset, I came across a video some time ago in Peru at a school. This school was built on a mafia graveyard. I tell you, when you see this video, you will feel pain. You see the devil at work. These kids will come to school then just delirium, vomiting, fainting, shared hallucination. They see a man in black trying to kill them. And then you see the priests that are doing what they can, throwing holy water. You think the devil cares about this holy water? He only fears one thing. The word, the name, the blood. He only fears that thing. You know, I started looking at Job. I started looking at my life. I can relate to some of you a little bit more because I have a child now. And I don't know if you remember, but a year ago, right here in Brampton, right here, this lady, this lady came to a school Started casting spells, doing rituals. Church, can we talk about it? No, let's talk about what's happening today. And not, and not joke around about life. Started casting spells, rituals. And thank God, you know, God has a way of intercepting the devil. The mother who was recording, thank God she was a believer. And the moment she started asking, what are you doing? And she started saying that, you know, all these wicked, because she was a witch, demonic wicked things. The lady said... I cancel it in the blood. Are you canceling it? She began to cancel it by the blood of Jesus. Are you following me? I thank God for the believer that was stationed there at that moment. Because who knows whose innocent child would have been in that school. Just came just to create confusion. Just to sow demonic seeds. Just to affect people. Just to affect people. I said to my wife, gone are the days that when this child of ours gets up and walks through the door to go to school, I'll say, have a nice day. I'll say, you're covered in the blood. I cover you in the blood. I cover you in the blood. I don't know what teacher is around, what he would try to teach you. I just don't know. That person in the schoolyard, I don't know. I cover you in the blood. I cover you. No, church, I, it's time for us to go back. Are you with me, church? I cover you in the blood. 
I come in the blood. And the reason why I got so upset this past week, I don't know if you heard about this viral challenge called Momo. You heard about that? This look at this devil. This wicked. No, it's so demonic. And, and no, and the funny thing about it, because the Bible says the things of the spirit are foolishness to those in the world. And the news will say, oh, don't worry, it's just a hoax and it's nothing to... Do you know that some kids have killed themselves as a result of this? And, and on top of it, it, they slot this demonic thing in the middle of YouTube kids. So when your child is innocently on the computer watching child shows, this thing will pop up. And it will go through WhatsApp. And it only targets children. It won't call if you're an adult. Somebody, I saw the test. Somebody went ahead and, 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 and dialed the thing to test it. And the moment he put a child profile, the thing popped up like FaceTime. And once he saw it was an adult, it hung up. And what it does, it begins, he begins to tell you all these sinister challenges. Go and turn on the, the, the heater and put fire in there and paper in there and, and, and just, just guiding the kids about 50 something challenges until you, 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 you inflict harm on somebody else or you inflict harm on yourself until, and, and some children have killed themselves and the fear that it evokes someone young innocent but five years old was so afraid he called the police just five years old the fear, see the, the Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, fear comes from the evil one are you following me? This thing is completely demonic. So just, just to be honest with you, I went on it yesterday because I was going to preach about it. I said, let me see what it's about. And the moment I clicked on this thing, all of a sudden I'm watching this thing through my phone and I'm falling into a trance. I had to move the phone immediately from my face and cover myself in the blood. That thing is so demonic. No, but, but, and then, oh, the parents, and they'll send the news, oh, parents, get the parental controls on your phone. Can we really be with our children everywhere? Do we know who they're talking to? Do we know? See, the internet is this world that we have to walk through every single day. And, and the Bible says that it can be used for complete evil. It can be used for good. But unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. So I'm here to appeal to the people of all nations. You better begin to apply the blood wherever you go on your family, on your children. You must begin to pick up this habit. There's nothing weird about this. There's nothing weird about this. You're not super spiritual. There's no other way to put a hedge around your life, around your family. You see, even around your business. Remember, Job's business was attacked. Your finances. See, the Bible is so clear when it talks about rebuking the devourer. See, all he comes to do is take away your influence, your name. He wanted Job so bad. The only thing that stopped him was the blood. So, so tell me this, church. What do you sound like when you say, I'm under an attack, I'm going to sing a song? You better apply the blood. Forget about all this. What they're telling us nowadays in the church. So we can appeal to the masses. So we can look a certain type of way. So we can get a certain demographic. If not for the blood of the Lamb, where would I be? Where would you be? None of us would be able to survive if we're not for the blood of the Lamb. What are you talking about? No, let's stop all of this motivational speaking and, and self-help books and mastering skill sets and positive thinking. Let's stop all this and let's go back to the root. Let's go back to the blood. If we're not for the blood of the lamb, where would we be? The only thing Satan fears is the blood. No, but now we have to make it sound uh, intellectual. Now it has to sound a, t- a type of way or else we're going to scare people. Oh, I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to do all those things that look crazy. Are you following me, church? 
Ministry has changed. Church has changed. The altar, what is it for? It's for blood. It's for blood. I'm looking at these things like, wow, the devil is moving fast. And nobody gets investigated. Oh, some hacker from Japan or from Germany. Nobody. And yet that hacker was used by the devil to kill an innocent child. And yet it's not a criminal investigation. There's no point to fear. Job said, even if my children sin, I cannot be there. So I'm just going to cover them in the blood. That's what he said. In case my children sin, in case they open the doorway to the evil one, I'm going to cover them in the blood. God have mercy on us. We must go back. Revelation 12, 11. That we overcome him by what? Oh, I wish you would understand that you're already an overcomer. But we see, we overcome him not by, by, by preachings and just words. Like we overcome him first by the blood. The oil comes afterward. The anointing comes afterward. We overcame him by the blood. Satan's afraid of the blood. We have a better covenant. A newer covenant. A better one. This time it's not the blood of sheep and goats. But it's the blood that flows through Emmanuel's veins. My goodness, that blood. That breaks curses. Hallelujah. That blood that heals the sick. That blood that takes away fear. That blood that restores your mind. I'm talking about, oh, Jesus Christ. I love him. I need him every day. No, we cannot, like, I don't know, church, I don't know how to say, well, how do we move away from Jesus? Nowadays, you can literally go through a whole gospel album that won't talk about Jesus once. Music that won't even exalt Jesus once. Churches that won't even talk at all. And please, I'm not the type to put down churches. Every church has their own destiny, has their own calling, has their own anointing. It's wonderful. But the blood can never be mistaken, can never be forgotten. We invite you to connect with our ministry. To order inspirational books, messages, and other resources, call us toll-free at 1-888-263-4272. You can also visit us online at www.anfgc.org. There you can also find a local All Nations Full Gospel Church branch in your city. 